1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2022 Mexico Open final bets DraftKings ownership DraftKings pivot plays plus the weather and your questions taking them live on the show if you're not watching this live. We are not taking your questions live. That's already happened. You're watching me from the past if you're watching it live. Obviously, we are live, probably on like 15 second delay. I don't know how YouTube works that way. Anyway, smash the like button and sub to the channel while you're here. If you want to ask a question, got to be subbed, so please go do that right now. Also, in the listeners league, there's 500 spots remaining right now. I know there's not a ton of interest in the Mexico Open, but hey, it's guaranteed rake-free money. Let's Fill it up so we can have lots of guaranteed rake-free money for Quail Hollow in a week's time. And I want to push the max for the PGA Championship. If we don't fill these contests, then we're not going to do it. So allocate your money into that contest. Link in the description of the video and podcast. FantasyNational.com Mayo to get yourself 20% off. Get acclimated with the system because there is a major coming up. Tower Tambolini from RunPureSports.com, host of the Fantasy Golf Degenerates, is in studio with me back. It's great to see you and Kenny back together. Yeah, that was a good time this week. Happy to have him back. It was long-winded and I knew it
2: would be, but he was a very good sport about it. Happy to have him back, of course. And we even used the name in the title. So uh, pretty interesting story how he got to that position.
1: So let's go over my bets. Okay. Big losers. I'm down uh, $33,486.23 so far this year. However, in the past week, I'm only down 2000 bucks, so I'm riding a heater right now <laughs> is the way that I choose to look at it. I'm not actually down that much money. Uh, Finau and Woodland, 22 to 1. I bet both of them. Uh, Epat, our good buddy, found... Uh, found in an exacta any order woodland and Fienau. I texted it to Paul earlier and Feinberg earlier and Paul made the comments like you're going to pay for your trip if this hits it's woodland phena any order 1 2 so either one of them can win yep. either one of them can come in second 225 to 1 cuz I was thinking like how can I hedge out on Rom here because I'm terrified of Rom and I looked at him wire to wire do you know what his wire to wire winning odds are what is it I didn't I didn't check it this week I just I was like, oh, if that's like 150 to one, I'll just bet that, and hopefully that comes out. What do you think that they are? Just try to guess. Forty to one. Thirty-three to one. That's close. Yeah. Wire to wire. Yeah. You could parlay first round leader and his odds and get better odds than that. I think. <laughs> and this way, he still has to lead after the second and third round going into it as well. So those are the, really the two bets that I'm making this week. The rest of them are the rest of them are just absolute Gibberoni plays. <laughs> I got Martin Trainer. Yeah, do, doing Martin Trainer this week. What do I got here? First round leader. It's the one first round leader I'm playing. 200 to one with the top five each way. Also bet him to win at 600 to one with the each way. Okay, Dylon, woo! Oh, yeah. I, I shrunk his odds down, though, to get the top eight placings, 150 to one. Uh, so that's a top eight each way. The Smother Man, 125 to one with the top five. Wyndham Clark, 100 to one with the top five. And my guy, Kurt Kitayama, 111 to one, but that's with eight places as well. That's it for me. That's what I'm doing this week. I, I, oh, I'm disappointed. Who am I missing? Paul yeah. Barjon to pay for the trip. The narrative bet
2: of the week okay, to pay I mean, for the I trip. Mean, you, you don't need to pull my leg. What, what is he? Big Dong. Yeah, Paul Barjon. Boy. You used him in the clip and everything. The teaser. I thought for sure he'd be on the card. This I mean, is the, I can
1: put him on the card right now. I was thinking about him yeah. or Sky's boy, Flava Flavin. But let's yeah. see, what is Barjon? Outlaw Tour Hero. Barjon is 200 in. to 1, and that could be with the top 5 placement points. Mm-hmm. Or I can do the... Do a or, little
2: first-round leader on him as well. I think okay. that's the bet. Okay, that, that's the bet for him. If I, I wanted, like that bet for him, yeah. I can
1: do 10 placings or 12 placings with him, but it dramatically shrinks the odds. It would get him down to... Let's see here, 110 to 1, or 100 to 1 for 10 placements. So that would mean the top 10 pays 25 to 1 for him. Should I just do the top 5?
2: Yeah. Go right. for go for it all. Get go. that first round leader in there though too. I think. Uh, well, like you said, it's just an, it's a narrative bet for you, but I think that's an opportunity. You, with him, more places is probably better. But we're going all in here. We're going. <laughs> all, all right, in. let's go
1: all in. Okay, let's go uh, yeah. two hundred to one with the top five each way. One hundred and ten to one first round leader. Yeah, it sounds good. We'll play that with the top five as well. So trainer and Baljean, <laughs> big dong oh, Paul Barjon as the first round leader. So those are the bets of this week. Before we jump into draft, well, I mean, this can be a part of the DraftKings conversation, something I wanted to talk about with you. Congratulations on winning 20 grand. How much do you hate Patrick Cantlay? A lot.
2: Uh, actually, it's more <laughs> Xander. Xander got dragged along in that thing, and I know he made the eagle finally after missing all the other four-footers, but everything in then Cantley at the very end did hurt my feelings. That one putt at the end was worth like an grand. extra 10 or
1: 20, depending on how it shook out. Oh, I think I think it would have been worth the full 20 because you get he ended up parring the hole, right? Yeah,
2: the problem was at the same time that was going on, Brandon Grace and Higo, your boy, were making bogey, which you know how the DraftKings placement points work, ah. and everyone went from T5 to T4, so the guy sitting in second gained like three guys all got two more points because they all went to t4 position placement
1: so for you it was a net loss of two points because it was a power it was more than that was it a bogey or was it a par it
2: was ended up being a bogey that xander got to tap in and say he did his part to get the win but uh, yeah cantley was phenomenal there a lot of great shots down the stretch so
1: xander so they would they would have got minus one for that hole right
2: that's what that's correct yeah
1: and the power would have been plus one so it was a two-point swing yeah needed it i know the power was for the chop the birdie was for the second
2: place outright ah that's that's a tough season. It's, it's the way it works. It sucks, but you want to be in that position. Another challenging spot for me, though, not to go on a rant, but just the, this time I had the best... Remember earlier in the season had the best non Neiman lineup in the Mega, the 3K Mega. Now I had the best lineup with the winning team, and the two guys in front of me didn't even have Can'tley and X. They had Burns and Horschel with Redmond and Ryder, who just went off and put up like 138 DraftKings points.
1: I mean, they really should have won the tournament had they have played well in the best... That's the, right. ...the, the four-ball format, whatever it was. But yeah. the conversation that I wanted to have kind of pertains to this week as a... pertains to last week as well and you kind of hit on it and we didn't have the discussion because every time you don't appear on this Wednesday (laughs) live show you win five figures that's been established so you should probably like calling sick next week
2: oh that's the new goal I said now I have to do it on here because you keep saying that so now you
1: have to make it make it real so maybe it'll be this week that these tournaments are actually more profitable than regular tournaments and I was kind of out on the Zurich like it's a wonky team format it's very hard to predict but had I just played more money and more lineups, I could have shot at the bottom. Because that's really where you have to find your winner. There were so few six of sixes that if you really did over-invest and find yourself... Well, I think the six of six percentage is like 2% yeah. or something crazy like that. Like yeah. Pick your guys at the top that you want. They're generally going to come through. You're going to have to be right. But then just pepper the bottom of the board. Try to sneak some of these six thousand dollars through the cut have some six of sixes yeah and like you mentioned in weeks like this for the mexico and the zurich there's such little content out there and you kind of forget especially being in this space how much content influences what people actually do and now people are also running simulations and optimizations and a lot of the time those are the same picks but it just seems like this week last week everyone was on exactly the same people yeah Yeah, I tried to
2: articulate it a little bit on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast. It's not taking shots at anybody. It's just saying the truth in that on the weeks that are major, so I used an example earlier with you, like the Masters, the pricing is quote-unquote soft, but it's also a pretty good field overall. Yes, you know you can knock off 15 to 20 guys at the bottom, but that other 70 that you still got to wade through, it makes it a little bit tougher. Everyone's going and playing a little bit of everybody. Last week, much more congested ownership. It's not necessarily the best week to do content you and I do in this show Mm -hmm. or anything like that because it's all narratives what are we saying? People say, oh, they're both Chilean. They're both, like, for example, Hadwin Svensson last week, okay? <laughs> they're two Canadian buddies, right? Everybody assumes. It comes out afterwards. Adam Stanley on Twitter tweets out, by the way, just talked to Svensson's caddy. He said they just met a couple weeks ago. They're both Canadian dudes, thought they got along pretty good, and they have happened to play Callaway gear. That was the 22% owned squad. And look, I get their skill sets could have went together some, but just little things like that. These are the weeks where you can see what I said is lazy. You know, So less content equals lazy life lineups where it's congested ownership which leads to you be able to make these pivots a lot easier because you know exactly where
1: everybody's going the issue between last week and this week is there's only so many guys you can actually play this week that's the problem because as soon as Berger withdrew and rom is too cheap for this field he's like two thousand dollars too cheap (laughs) for what he like based on his odds versus his DraftKings salary relative to the rest of the field like there shouldn't be a nine hundred dollar difference between him and Finau. There should le- legitimately be a two thousand dollar difference. Yeah. So what's Rom's ownership going to be? Thirty-five percent. I'm gonna say in the twenty dollar or the five dollar. I'm gonna
2: say thirty-six to thirty-seven. And higher I stakes. 50? Fifty, sixty. I, I, I think forty-five to fifty-five. I have to put a wider range on it because you just don't know, and then you get to like the three K or something like that. Who knows? But I'm like in the five fifty-five, maybe forty-five to fifty-five percent range. And that's where you gotta make a bit more of a decision. I think what's happening in the lower stakes stuff, the larger fields, like everyone's, you know, game theory says, will just fade him. But when you actually do think about it and the price and all that, I think that's where another sort of lazy narrative is that, oh, he's he has to win because he's the most expensive. But if he's the most expensive that's not priced correctly. He
1: has to beat Finau, Answer, yes. Nah, Reed, and Woodland, basically. Not yes. even Woodland, really. He could yeah. come, as you mentioned, he could come T13 and be in the optimal lineup. He can just a- score a bunch too. There's so many opportunities yeah. out there. And, and there's only so much salary to go around for these guys there's five of them that's it yeah and he's way better than the rest of them yeah so if he beats all of them and like we have huge question marks with two of these guys nah i'm playing because i don't think a lot of people are playing him and i think that he's good mm-hmm. especially like we can talk about the course layout all we want does it look like it favors bombers absolutely yep. kevin Nah is better than who, who can i use ryan Brem. He just did. Yes. Of course. Like I'd just rather have Kevin Na. Not to say that they're comparable prices or anything, but I just think that Kevin Na is so skilled. It's like you were going to go get bet Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger wasn't a fit for this course. He's just better than everyone He's else. He's way better in this field. That's what I was going <laughs> off of. And I think
2: that's a good point you just made as well. Because with Kevin Na, yes, it's priced in at ten one, but the win equity. People make fun of it, but the guy wins. He goes out, he gets what was it, four wins over two seasons or something that he was racking up? Like you, you can see him go out there and find his way around it. I don't know if it's the best course fit, but like you said, much better better than the other guys now it is priced in at 10.1k but that's just something you got to get over when you're playing a field like this so from the top end
1: Rom Woodland Finau is probably my guess yeah in that order oh yeah for sure and then you're gonna have Kirk Wise Tringali even Munoz uh it seems to be garnering and Matt Jones above nine thousand dollars they're all gonna be in the double digits some of those guys will be pushing 20 I think that Rom. Wise and Woodland Might get up over well, I mean Ron will I think Woodland will I think Wise might push 18-22% to In these large fields So that leaves the pivot plays Now are these good Pivot plays or not Answer I don't know how to Project him this week I'm not playing Abraham answer I think that he is hurt I think mm-hmm. he is only here Because it's the Mexico Open I yeah. really do I could be wrong on that But I, I think we've seen Enough of these inju- Injured guys Telegraph That they are hurt but they're going to go and give it a go anyway, yeah. that he falls in that category. I don't want to be, especially in this tournament, I don't want to be sitting there where I'm wrong on Answers' ownership anyway. If he was 4%, maybe you could take that chance. But he could be like 12 13% for all I know, and then I definitely don't want him. Yeah, and
2: I mean, the decision is also, too, with the ROM. Again, you could play ROM with one of these yeah. guys, but I think be, with a guy like answer, it is very subjective because, like you said, could the, the injuries this season have been telegraphed and have not turned out well. If someone tells you they're not fully ready, they, they typically haven't been. He hasn't looked that way. He's had multiple uh, withdrawals. So if you think of that, Finau and above and below, even with Finau's ownership above, he's probably still a fine play for 100 bucks more than answer based on course setup, ability to score on those par fives. He can really rack them up. But I think if you're, you know, the bigger decision is what we already talked about talked about with rom uh, because if you're going rom you don't have to play one of these guys i think that's a big deal with roster construction i want to talk two seconds on that because everybody you just named in the 9k first off we know woodland and wise So, yes, Tringali and Kirk Kirk are coming, and Kirk for sure, yes, and I would say he's three, but then is it Tringali, is it, you know, Champ is getting mentioned, but will people actually click the button, the bomber narrative, and all that factor, but to me, the thing that stands out most, Pat, is that the 9K range is getting peppered up, and you and I have this conversation (laughs) almost weekly on this very show of... Oh, I'm going to be sneaky, so-and-so out there says, and not play ROM, and I'm going to go play three of these guys in the 9K, but then they're playing all the same dudes that everybody else is playing in the 9K and still ending up in the same range as the ROM lineups that just skip this range. I think the, the better strategy is either play ROM and skip this range, or don't play ROM and either play a couple guys in this range and mixing in the eight, or play your best ROM lineup where you remove ROM and put in Wise, and just leave the money on the table, or Kirk, or whoever you think is good up top.
1: Of the 9K guys, I am playing Woodland, although according to you, he's an awful play.
2: I think he's an awful player.
1: I think I think he's great on paper. But you bet him
2: to win the tournament. I bet him to win the tournament <laughs> at 25 to 1. So to start the week, love it. What, what I think, again, this goes overlooked on weeks like this, and it just gets talked about. And this is why it can bite you. I'm just saying, when I know for a fact he's going to be this high owned, he's going to be in ROM stacks. If I'm playing a lot of ROM, which I am, then it's not going to be fitting for me to put them together. That's like <laughs> going to be the highest owned stack on the board, if you want to call it stacking in golf. And so that, to me, makes it very troublesome to go there. I can just drop down, play any of those other guys in the 9K range, or... Just like I said, play Rom, couple 8K guys, and get different in the 7K range.
1: What this is telling me is that we're going to see a lot of Rom, Woodland, Rom, Kirk, Rom, Wise lineups. Just that's going to be the most common start that you're going to see overall. I'm playing Woodland in the nines. I'm playing Wise in the nines. But I'm also playing Streelman and Brendan Todd.
2: Okay. And
1: those two guys are carrying 6% ownership. And I don't think that they're... Like, why is Munoz who's more expensive, double what Todd is. Is he better? Yeah, sure. Why not? Is he better? I'm sure you could flip a coin and figure that out. Right. But, that, but that's kind of the point. I think it's a coin flip between Munoz and Streelman and Todd and these guys. And no, Todd and Streelman do not fit with what the overwhelming narrative is this week of being a bomber. But I just think that you know you have these top guys rom's way better than everyone else fina woodland answer if he was healthy nah reed's kind of on a weird island right now who knows with him but they're better than everyone else and then some of these 9k guys are way better than everyone just below that and then everyone's kind of flat it's kind of the same so i think i would kind of go with todd who if this turns into the easiest thing in the world he's hitting wedges and making 15 foot putts he does that does that all the time yeah,
2: I, I like the uh, the Streelman play. I, I actually like uh, Russell Knox better than Brendan Todd. How dare you? Yeah, I just—it's a guy I prefer more so. And then the other guy you mentioned up top, like who's going to really be owned between Munoz and Tringali? So now that we're staying here in this race, I think for a that they're
1: both going to be owned. But, I, I think they'll both hit double digits.
2: But if Woodland's going to suck all that ownership up, Wise from down below, and then we know Kirk is getting some, it, it can't be all of them. So one of Munoz or Tringali ends up falling off here. And I think, again, that's why you take some shots on guys like that in this range because they're direct pivots to Gary Woodland. You could use them even in those 9K starting lineups where maybe they're the guy that comes top five. Tringali never wins, but he could easily come top five here. I mean, Vegas loves him for some reason. They always do, I guess, but it's, it's getting annoying. Guy doesn't win, but you could play him and then go after him. And one of the guys below wins the tournament and he just drags along the lineup to a better finish. So I just think that's where you're looking in this range. I, I don't hate, I like Streelman um, and I like Knox down at the bottom. What was your take? on Cameron Champ because there's some I, underlying I yeah I pass. I, I'm
1: passing on that one as well. I, I think that the trend line fits I think the skill set fits and I think that he actually comes in above whatever his projection is going to be I think he's actually going to soak up a lot because you could still theoretically let me try to fill out this lineup right now I was I was playing around with it earlier that I think that he could still be the third man in on one of these heavy stacked lineups Yeah, if you want to go punt in the 6Ks and why wouldn't you punt in the 6Ks what's the difference between the guys in the 6 and the guys in the 7s nothing zero zero percent
2: yeah, not much, but I do think that this week more people go to the six Ks because of that reason, and I think there's you know some strategy to be had. Like I said, if you want to go again, I'm talking more ROM because that's where I'm at this week. I know not everybody wants to go with ROM. Uh, if you're going with them, I don't. Another you know thing that gets brought up all the time is well, if you're going ROM this week, you're either all in lock button or you're out. No, that's just not
1: true. I got them at 55. percent You can have
2: 55, 60 percent, be well over the field, still get your mixes in, get enough lineups, especially if you're playing 150, where you can get enough coverage on playing lineups without ROM and make some very unique. Non- non-ROM lineups, but If you're playing ROM, I think people are going to go down. I prefer like a ROM. We're going to get to these 8Ks. There's a lot of guys. I like in
1: the 8Ks. I don't like anyone besides Hubbard in the eights.
2: I like Hubbard. Yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense. But uh, Charles Howell, uh, you know, Taylor Moore, CT Pan. CT Pan is 8100 bucks here. I think he's underpriced. Again, when you look at some of the guys above and what you're putting them at, what's the real difference? You know know what I mean? Yeah, between. I
1: mean, yeah, that's a very fair point. If I don't think that there's that big of a difference between Munoz and Todd, there's not really that much of a difference between Todd and CT Pan. There really isn't.
2: There really isn't. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. So when you have that. That thought process. It's not that it's why I was talking about it's not who you play, it's how you play. I don't really love these guys in the 8K range. They're like that's what people, oh, they're not your favorite plays, and why are you talking about them? I'm talking about roster construction. The one thing people say they seem to have the hardest time figuring out. Everybody is somehow using the 9K range. Whether it's what we said, where it's ROM with Woodland, Kirk, or Wise as their second guy in, or they're still Oh, I'm gonna be sneaky this week. What if I just start with Woodland? No, everyone's doing that. Mm-hmm. Woodland, Kirk, Wise, I
1: can even fit three of them in. That's what people are trying to do. And you could just skip that completely. Well, if you start Start with Rom, go to Woodland and throw in Camp Cham- Cam Champ. You still have 6,500 bucks left. And I don't think that people are sweating. I mean, it doesn't even need to be Woodland. If, if it's wise all of a sudden, instead of him at 9,500, now you have 6,600, which is a bit more palatable if you need to take three guys from down there. I think you're going to see a lot of lineups like that this week.
2: Yeah, my challenge with that to you is just like I said if you you know the Todd versus the CT Pan thing, that 1000 bucks is you're playing Dylon Wu, who you know I'm always a little bit of a fan of. I'm but, in. I'm in. Right. Instead but, of Brandon Wu. But no, but like go up to a guy like Austin Smotherman. That's who you're getting. that's the difference of your 2v2 right there that you're talking about where you're playing Todd and Wu or you're playing CT Pan and Smotherman, I like the, the latter more so. So that's just where I would say that your lineups can be a little bit more
1: unique by going that way. No one is overwhelming chalk in the 8Ks. It looks like Aaron Rye, CH3, CT Pan might push double digits, maybe Lonto, maybe Hubbard, maybe T. Gala, but yeah. probably not. No ownership. are using this range. No ownership. So who are the ones that you like from here? Like, is Davis Riley the guy? Uh, No, he's
2: actually another very subjective guy because I don't think it comes down to ownership with him as much as what you rate him at because a lot of these things that you're seeing are being put out there with numbers are based around the Vegas odds. And Vegas doesn't have to care about a guy like Vegas Riley that much because not enough people know who he is, not enough people bet him or care. So the number doesn't see a lot of movement. But when you look at this range, so for me, uh, Doug Gim, Aaron Rye, if you go down from there, it's really the bottom of the range, though, like CH3, Taylor Moore, CT Penn, and Hubbard. Those guys, to me, all stand out. I'm not saying build a lineup with five 8K guys and then whatever fits. I'm saying mix one or two of these guys in to get your lineups different from some of those 2v2s and one-offs that you're playing versus the way others are, are building this week.
1: Adam Long, the smotherman, Alex Smalley, looks like he's going to garner some ownership. I'm talking like 10% ownership yeah, from the sevens. T-Dunks. uh, Nate Lashley, maybe the Scott Stallings. Like those are the names that people are gravitating towards in the sevens. Beyond that, guys are legit 3% out.
2: Yeah, I'm a little worried about the T Dunks one just because he looks good until you think about if his ownership's 10% or 12%. I'm not, then, play, I'm not playing Tyler
1: Duncan. Then
2: there's there's other options there. Like if I look like Kramer Hickok, Grayson Sig, there's Alex Smalley, who you mentioned. JT Poston is another one I've got marked up here. And then going up to the top, you mentioned Adam Long. I think he's a great play at 7,800. He he shows just fine and not going to be enough ownership on
1: him. I'm still playing Smotherman either way. I'm playing him. I'm playing Wyndham Clark. I'm playing Patrick Rogers. Kurt Kitayama, I really like this week. Obviously, I bet him. Peter Uline uh, down at 7,000. Like, that's where my eyes kind of went. And then after that, in the sixes, like, no one is going to be chalky outside of maybe Vince Whaley. And that would be like six, seven, eight percent. Everyone else is in the one to three percent range. I got Adam Shank, Baljean, Callum Taran, Dylan (laughs) Wu, Patrick Flava Flavin, and Martin Trainor, who, once again, I bet it's 600 to one.
2: Yeah, I mean, I can see why you'd bet it. He could put the ball out there, and then he can putt too. Yeah, he can make some putts. He's he's sort of like minor league Wyndham Clark. And I feel like we've been seeing him a little lately popping up on some random leaderboards and stuff for a short period of time, mind you. But he's still doing it, and that's why he's six hundred to one. So probably a better like top forty or top twenty bet. But uh, I don't hate it. Uh, Yeah, my problem is like I said, you you seem to be way more okay with this six K range than I am. And usually I'm a bit more aggressive, but I don't feel the need to be here because of that 8K range. And because the 7K range is just, just always extremely spread out. And then what I do like when I'm going to, like you mentioned something, but like, um, you know, just going here, uh, I've got Trey Mullinax, James Hahn, Vincent Whaley, uh, Ryan Armour, Lee Hodges. And then you could just play Bombers too if you want to go down here. This is where that, I think that's that, what I did. Yeah, I was going <laughs> to say that that's another angle that you could just go to down here. I'm just looking at guys that I think have good odds plus low ownership that I think I can mix into my builds.
1: You could play, like, if you just wanted to go. The guys that I gave out are primarily bombers. I have no idea what Patrick Flavin does, but apparently he's good.
2: Outlaw Tour specialist. This, this, and well, he's a Monday Q specialist, actually, this, this but he, it, he originated, uh, Sky and I would actually talk about him back in the day during the uh, COVID period of playing on Outlaw Tour, and he was coming out and ripping up uh, eight under bogey-free rounds for us on Outlaw Tour on DraftKings, so uh, a good guy to play,
1: for sure. So the other bombers from down there would be like Seth Reeves, Brandon Haggy. Don't forget my dad's play of the week, Kevin Tway. Kevin Tway. I, th- I, I thought you were gonna, I thought he was off Kevin
2: Tway after the WD. He was pissed off about it, but he'll go back. And, Have, and I'm going to go back with him this week, actually. I do kind of like Way at 6,500 if you're just playing pure bomber angle like you said. Have you told him about
1: Grayson Murray yet?
2: <laughs> no I haven't <laughs> told him about that I don't think he'd be too into that though as far as the uh, high school girls situation and stuff that goes with him I don't know how he even got in I'm guessing I know it has to be I believe it has to be a sponsor's exemption for Grayson Murray this week and if you remember he at one point posted like that really try to be like sad note out <laughs> on Twitter of like how it's not fair and the tour's not fair so maybe someone finally took pity and Gave him a sponsor's exemption, but no, no no, Grayson Murray for myself, and uh, I'm not going to tell my dad about
1: that guy. Curtis Thompson is another guy who absolutely mashes the ball. He missed the cut at Valero, but before that, he had run a streak of six straight made cuts. No good finishes over that time. Yeah. But against these weaker fields, like he played Corrales, Puerto Rico, made the cut at both of those. He played Bermuda and came inside the top ten during the swing season, made the cut at Pebble. I did want to bring this up with Kirk Kityam and why I like him this week and potentially why he might be a disaster at the same time. He's a good price, he's long odds, whatever. He has the two wins on the DP World Tour, so at yeah. least I know he can get into the winner's circle. And that's against lesser competition, especially the events that he won, but this is lesser competition. Yeah. Remove Rom and like, what are well, we doing? This is one of the
2: here? worst fields, yeah. Strength the field's like 150 or 151.
1: The issue is when he's played on the PGA Tour and done well, and even where you see where he won, he won in like Oman, which is a very short course. And he's a bomber, but he played well at Honda, which is a really short course. He played well at Pebble Beach earlier this year. Another really short round of three courses, a troika of short courses. Yeah. Is he the new Woodland? Because he's another guy who's really good in the wind too. Yeah. That, that's what I love about
2: Woodland. I brought it up pre-show with you. It's just funny. like we, we make whatever narrative we want to fit for Woodland. Kiyama, it's okay because he's 7,100, but when Woodland's 9,900 and extremely high owned, it's like, Oh but if even if it gets windy he's got that ball flight he can just go down off the tee and he'll he'll club down and it's oh he can grind it out if it gets tough like everything fits woodland is what people say and then we'll see if it does but yeah kid Yamas an interesting one he's another one I think like Davis Riley though where it's not, to me it has not we know he's low owned we know he's cheap it's what do you rate his skill set as because that's what des- is the deciding factor because if you know the books think he's not a great play but if you think he is, that would change the value on him. So if you like him, I would roll him out. You ready to get to the questions or do you have anything else? Uh, I'm good. I think we're ready to get to the
1: questions. Good questions only, that is. But, yeah, don't uh, get banned. That That's going to be the uh, number one thing. If you want to <laughs> ask a question, you got a sub to Mayo Media Network. We're like 33 away from like 34,000 subs. So uh, help us out there. Rate and review the podcast as well while you're here. You know, it's very important to work with experts. That's why I have the best of the best, mainly, come on this show and give me the advice that I need. Because I'm certainly no expert, but that's why you need to check out Titan. As everyday investors, the cards have been stacked against us. We've been given access to this marketplace of stocks, but we're competing against institutional investors with unlimited resources. We're simply told to invest in the S&P 500 and be happy with the conservative average. But when you're wealthy, you have access to teams of experts, different types of portfolios and investment vehicles, and much more. Growing your long-term wealth isn't something you can just DIY, and you shouldn't sit back and shoot for average returns. With Titan, you have a personal investment team that researches and invests for you so that you can aim to outperform the market while giving you a courtside seat to become a smarter investor along the way. With Titan, you get access to strategies similar to those in the 1% without having to be ultra wealthy or pay hefty fees. All it takes is $100 to get started. Deposit your money, select which of their portfolios you want to invest in, and that's it. Titan's experts will give you updates about the market and decisions being made with your money, and you can even ask them questions within the app. And now, Titan's bringing their knowledge to an expertly managed crypto portfolio. We all know we should get into crypto, but who knows where to start? Instead of trying to guess, let a team who eats, sleeps, and breathes crypto do the research and invest in this fast-growing asset class for you. Titan aims to grow your investments at least 15% annually net of fees, which can mean doubling your wealth every five years. I haven't had the chance to try Titan yet, but I have to say, sounds pretty awesome. So check out Titan if you want to aim to become the smartest, wealthiest investor you've ever been. So head to Titan.com slash Mayo to get $50 when you invest with Titan. You must go to this URL or you will not get that $50. And they won't know that we sent you. That's $50 when you go to Titan.com slash Mayo and invest with Titan. This is a paid partnership with Titan, and at the time of this publication, I am not yet invested in Titan strategies. Did you know that browsing online using incognito mode doesn't actually protect your privacy? That's right. Without added security, you might as well just give away all your private data to hackers, advertisers, your ISP, and other prying eyes. That's why I use IPVanish VPN to make it easy to stay truly private and secure on the internet. IPVanish helps you safely browse the internet by encrypting 100% of your data. This means that your private details, passwords, communications, browsing history, and more will all be completely shielded from falling into the wrong hands. Even your physical location will be hidden. IP Vanish makes you virtually invisible online. It's that simple. You can use IP Vanish on unlimited devices without sacrificing on speed. Your computers, tablets, phone, even devices like your Fire Stick when you're streaming media. Whether I'm at home or in public, I don't go online anymore without using IP Vanish. IP Vanish is offering an incredible 70% off their yearly plan for our listeners with a 30-day money-back guarantee. That's like getting nine months for free. IP Vanish is super easy to use. All you got to do is tap one button and you're instantly protected. You won't even know what's on. Stop sharing with the world everything that you stream, everything that you search for, everything that you buy. Take your privacy back today with a brand rated 4.6 out of 5 on Trustpilot. So go to IPVanish.com slash Mayo and use promotional code Mayo to claim your 70% savings. That's IPVanish.com slash Mayo. When we see two players such as Ramen Woodland that are going to be so highly owned how contrarian is it to play both of them together does this give up give us more uniqueness or is it does this give us more or less potential for uniqueness? I think no, because I think that's how people are starting their lineups. I would literally put a rule. If you're if you're putting both of them in your
2: player pool and using both, I would set a rule to never have them in lineups together this week. Just me. I, I just, like I said, I don't see it. And uh, I, I wouldn't do that. So that's just how I would set it up.
1: So you'd go like ROM exclude Woodland. You put I, I, put I the have a little, lot of Finau yeah. Woodland teams.
2: Sure. At least you're a little bit different on the sense that, uh, you know, every most are going to be ROM Woodland ones. I don't think it's that sneaky, but it's definitely a step in the right direction of being sneakier.
1: So I got a lot of Finau, Woodland together, and I have a lot of Rom with Nah. That, yeah, Rom with Nah is That's sort of the way fine. that I'm playing.
2: Rom with Nah is more than fine because Rom with Nah is totally different because now you're completely skipping that. There's no, you're not playing a 9K guy. Maybe you are because you're wild and wanting to go all the way down to these sixes. But I'm just saying for the most part, I don't think that would be the best play. I think you just pick up those two and then jump over that 9K range, which is going to be very popular.
1: My voice is hurting, so I can't do it. But is there any interest in James Han this week? <laughs> I do. Yeah, I had him down there, actually. Uh, I'll you realize see. He, like, he's not good, right? He's very bad.
2: Yeah, <laughs> he's not good at all. But when you look at the, the field at 6,800, he's a guy that always pops for me, though. And I think it's just, again, Whaley, Hahn are sort of down there. You can make your decision. I just think both of them are fine at that price. And they're in that upper 6K range that I'm more comfortable with versus the low sevens.
1: For DraftKings, GPP, Riley and Finau or Rogers and Rom. I'm on the Rom side. Yeah, I'm on the Rom side as well. Uh, let's see here what would Rom's odds need to be to consider betting him this week Yeah, like 9 to 1 8 to 1 basically what he's priced at in majors is what I would want to bet him here
2: yeah, I think just people need to get their pattern figured out of what they want to do. Like, a, he's a three to one is ridiculous. You're not going to do that. And you're obviously betting money on other guys. So, even if he ends up hitting, like, people are like, I'm not putting 100 to win 300. Well, yeah, you probably have $300 down in bets. So, if Rom wins, you break even. Like, you'd have to bet more on him. People just don't <laughs> bet accordingly. And you see it across Twitter all day and night of cards that have 20 guys on them. And they literally can't even get three to one back. I miss all
1: the cool stuff that was always in the background. That's not a question. I'm not going to miss you. <laughs> oh. Jeez.
2: Uh,
1: what happened up. to the voice i just i was yelling oh you're yelling oh, of course <laughs> imagine my <laughs> w- wife was out last night had the kids was like ah, stop 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 <laughs> okay fair enough i spend all this money on a studio people were like oh i wish you were uh, still in a basement yeah no that's i know. The, this is brutal i know got the lighting up got everything fixed it's perfect i know it's still it's a work in progress. Maybe behind me, I'll throw up all my old movie. Posters. It's only going to get better. That's, yes, that's it's, it's still, we're still improving it as we go along. We'll fix the sound in here eventually. And we have so much soundproofing; yeah. it's unbelievable how much soundproofing is in this room. We can't get it right.
2: Yeah, I, I don't notice it actually when I listen to anything in, out of here.
1: I mean, I, we have the really good cans. Like when we do the editing, yeah. so maybe we hear it more through that. I don't hear it like when I listen to it on my phone. But anyway, smash the like button. That's great, Garrett. Thank you very much. Do you guys feel this? This is a week to lock in the top four guys in the field, then throw darts with the last two spots. Thoughts doing six lineups like this. I don't understand what that means. You can't afford the top four guys. In the I'm field.
2: assuming he's saying like, um, I don't know, maybe I'm assuming wrong, but like make a ROM lineup, make a Phenyl lineup, make an answer oh. lineup, make a, make a, a non-lineup, and then just mixing and matching around them so that as long as one of them wins, they have a chance with one of their six lineups that they're doing that way. I don't know if that's right. I just, to me, that's what they're, you know, you can't lock all, all four of the top guys for yeah, I, for the salary I, restraints, but uh, I would think that's what they're talking about.
1: Between Champ and T-Gala in my one and done, thoughts lean either way. I mean, I'd probably use T-Gala because I don't think that there is, I mean, obviously Champ has won three times on the PGA Tour, so his win equity theoretically is a lot better. I don't actually think that it is versus T-Gala in this situation, and Champ will have ownership. No one will play T-Gala in one and done.
2: Yeah, my thoughts are you're getting way too cute. There's no chance that you don't have a better option. I took Wyndham Clark than, than in our that. three like, man because y- I, yeah. I, I had everyone use. Totally different. But I'm saying, like, in your one and done this week, like I have you, you, so many options here that I could use still that I'm not going to those guys. You
1: know who the play is in the giant one and done? Nah. Yeah. And just hope he wins.
2: I was trying to think about that up here earlier because at the start of the week, I wasn't sure where ownership would go exactly. And now I'm like, yeah, not going to be... It'll be
1: Fienau or Woodland. Th- that's the two that I have and the start Those three guys, Matt Jones might get a lot of love too because there's a lot of Matt Jones love in this situation. But...
2: Man, that 9K range is just going to get peppered. Everyone loves... It's just going to get spaced out, but everyone loves everyone, so... Um, that's interesting too, but yeah, I like the knock call. If you want to just, especially if you're not using him on DraftKings or anything, you could use him in the one and done.
1: How do you feel about Lahiri this week? That is what Better Luck DFS wants to know.
2: Yeah, he's interesting, actually. I did have a, I forget who it was exactly in the thread today and the tidbits, but someone mentioned him and had a good case for him that I was kind of interested in. Actually better on coastal courses, better on Paspalum, talked in the quotes about liking that. And then I go and look at him and how he rates out and it's not bad at 7,900. I'd actually play him over a guy I've heard mentioned a few times this week, Chad Ramey. I would play Lahiri over Chad Ramey, even though Ramey won at the what do you win the Corrales or Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico and think. then we did good at Corrales, which are which people are talking about. So I don't know. I, I like Lahiri a little bit at 7900.
1: Rank these guys: Ch3, Ortiz, and Riley. I would have Riley as the tops.
2: Yeah, I have Ch3, then Riley, then Ortiz. I'm not very high on Ortiz this week. I bet him. At the start of the week, when he was uh, came out at hundred to one, and then it dipped heavy from there. But don't really know why I bet him. I think it was just a you know the number looked good, <laughs> and I was like maybe. But
1: yeah, you were feeling it that time. At, the, at that time, I, I was have, feeling it. I have bets on my card every week that like I'll make on like on a random Monday night and be like I'll look at it on Wednesday. like, what the Fuck, was I thinking? Yeah, like, this I, is, Not that I that I hate it. I'm just like, what was I thinking at that moment that it was like, I can't miss this number on yeah, this
2: guy. That's what I don't understand when I'm done the week. Now, the good news is I do only bet what I say. Mm-hmm. And so if I hit, it's going to be a good week betting wise. But I don't hit a lot because that's how I bet. So that's probably the answer.
1: Is Big Dong Paul Barjon a viable jabroni play this week? I think he is. Now that I bet him to win the tournament as well. Um, I didn't know, like, I didn't
2: really look at him too heavy. I just wanted you to bet him for the narrative play, but he's a bomber, uh,
1: Like he fits the bomber narrative. Yeah. I don't, I don't think I'll play him.
2: No, you play him. You week. play him.
1: He's going to win. We just bet on him. I just bet on him. <laughs> I might win. do
2: the same bets as you. I really like the first round leader bet on him. I think that's a good one, especially with the each way. You can get, uh, I like it. I like that bet for the start of the week.
1: With five par threes per round on tap this week, do we have any examples of players that might have leverage over the field given the unusual quantity? We see this from time to time. Like Valspar has three par threes. I, I don't think that you can really glean too much from it because all the par threes are at different ranges. Uh, yeah. Like at least at Valspar, like they're all within like 10 yards of each other. So you can kind of piece together a proximity range or sort on Fantasy National by par 3's gain from that part. But so much like par 3's gain that goes into it is a lot of it is putting or yeah. great chipping if you miss a green.
2: Yeah, I saw a little snippet video today. Axis and Alex Blickle and some of the guys Matt Jones did. over Matt on Jones! FTN, and they were talking about this, actually, about some of the higher-level stuff with these buckets. Almost, again, you're putting these par threes into buckets and it said oh, this course has a lot of par threes, but are they the long par threes that this course has or that that course? I think you can run into a lot of trouble with that, and that's one of the downsides when you're just bucketing everything like everyone's the same. That makes it a little bit more tough. So I don't see a lot of value in trying to piece it out that way.
1: No, and I, especially in a field like this, it's just going to be so random anyway. Like- like, if, if this was a WGC, and we had the best players on Earth here... Yes. I feel like it would be a bit more sustainable. But all these guys are so up and down every single week that, yeah, I mean, look at Lahiri. He's on a pretty decent run right now. If he came dead last, you're not going to be super stunned. Right. It's not like Rom at the Masters. Like, Rom came in last place? Like, that, that shouldn't happen. What's wrong? Like, yeah. you wouldn't blink an eye if Lahiri came in last. Yeah, Rom did, by the way, miss the cut at plus 300
2: at the Fortinet. But... The conversation this week again it's subjective but it's just like you know is he really coming here before going to uh wells fargo next is he, week? Is he playing wells fargo i'm almost positive yeah okay to, I, we looked up the field last night. I forget. If, you know, I was more focused on Ricky Fowler because it's not at Quail Hollow this year due to the Presidents Cup. So therefore,
1: it's going to be at uh, Jim TPC the Anvil night. Potomac. Yeah, at Anvil Farms. And, and Avanel Farms. Jim the Anvil. Yeah, I saw Kyle that. Stanley. <laughs> Corey Connors is winning next week. By the way. Okay. I'm just. I think I'm, Ricky, I'm Ricky Fowler's only
2: shot, man, is to Ricky, get back wh- into the mix. What? Dude, Ricky Fowler's only shot to make a cut. He's come top 10 every time he's played the course, I think, or top 12. You you
1: realize that six years ago, he was kind of good.
2: I'm just saying. You want to pay for your trip. If you don't get it on Long Dong Paul Barjan this week, maybe it's a a rookie Martin
1: Trainer is not only paying for my trip. (laughs) He's paying for three more trips this week. He will be at 600 to 1, that's for Uh, sure. Some site that I'm not going to name has Raman Finau odds to shoot 65 or better at around minus 120. Should we hammer these on prize picks at 68.5? yes sound yeah, pretty good yeah. go to mmn get yourself a deposit match up to a hundred dollars i stopped playing golf on prize picks because i only play usfl on prize picks and i have yet to lose <laughs> you're so crushing with
2: it right now yes i just
1: go i go on run the sims and i basically just run like the player projection for that game and they're spitting out guys versus the prize picks lines that have like a 91 percent chance of either going over or under I'm like yeah. how couldn't i like play these and bet a lot of money on it.
2: It's like the early days of Daily Fantasy when basically if you had projections of any kind, <laughs> you were just going to Smash. It's right now at Run the Sims. You guys have that, and that's your ability. And Unless they want to get a Run the Sims account and build their stuff based off of that, you're going to have a, a massive advantage. So I, I, know, I do like
1: that one, but like go to runthesims.com. I think I don't know if it's decreased yet, the full USFL package, but if you go to slash you we get 10% off. I, I mean, it was 99 bucks to start the year. It might be less now. I haven't looked into it, but... Know, I'm up like almost I think 1800 bucks on draft yeah. kings through two weeks I haven't lost a prize pick I'm up like two grand on that like <laughs> the
2: confidence level when you're after like one or two qu- like one quarter you're like oh we're pretty much there we just it, need this to happen Yeah, we're now. there
1: we we need four more yards and yeah. everything hits you gotta or, love that it like, never happens in NFL that's no sure. <laughs> and, and like I bet an under on like one of the, the very first game of the week it was all unders and they all came through because it was like 13 points in the game. Not that I fucking watch this shit, but... Yeah, you, you know, don't have to. Yeah. Press I just, a button, I just, print. <laughs> I, I just look up the box score at certain times during the game and be like, oh, this is going great. One guy I had an under on actually had a 25-yard touchdown catch in the first quarter. Yeah. And then people are like tweeting at me. like, oh, why did you tell me to play this? I only had another catch the rest of the game. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, guys are you going... Wrong. To, you got it, nine right, but you got one wrong. Yeah. You're only going to hear about the
2: one you got wrong. It's, That's it's the way it true. works. But yeah.
1: anyway, runthesims.com slash mayo to check that out. Um, the question on everyone's mind is, how do we set up groups? I don't give a shit about stuff like that. Fuck off. Yeah. Set up your own goddamn groups. <laughs> They're just asking well, how to do it. I, why, I, why don't you tune in to run Pure Sports Yeah, we'll tonight. show you. That's, that's and and that's what show. you guys talk about. We're Absolutely. not talking about that shit here. you <laughs> kidding me? Fuck <laughs> off. Uh, you think that ROM with two 8Ks, two 7s, and a 6 is a good way to attack this week? It sounds like that's what you're doing. Yes. Think.
2: Personally love that way.
1: Okay. Is it best? Is this the best place for ROM and one and done, or is the purse too small? I, I mean, if people aren't going to use ROM, I actually think it is a really good week to use him. And I know that you kind of put in Andy Lack throughout the ROM in these, like, crap fields has yeah. not been good. But if you include, like, his entire history in these sorts of fields, include, like, his DP World Tour type events, he wins one of every three of these events.
2: Yeah, I mean that's the Mm -hmm. thing. I think it was long term. He's still ten percent, and then like you had mentioned, it's like thirty three percent if you run it out on this style. And that's another thing about one and done. Like you know, a lot of people look to like fade stuff or do whatever. Still over a million bucks. Different strategy. It's a lot. Money's money, and when you want to collect it, he's the best in the field. He's plus three fifty, whatever it is. I would definitely have no problem with you playing him here. Like get a win.
1: Like, would you rather have Rom this week when he? Now, let's say he has a twenty. He doesn't have a twenty percent chance of winning. It's probably close to that though. Like if you ran simulations on ROM, it's yeah. probably up towards that number. At a crack at a seven point three million dollar prize pool. It's still over a million to first. It's really good. Like this isn't yeah. a, this isn't an alter. Although the field is like an alternate event, this is not an alternate event. Right. Like the prize pool is fine. The FedEx Cup points are fine. Or use him next week at Jim Knightheart's place, and he has to face Rory. And like. 15 of the top 25 guys in the world. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, <laughs> there's
2: another million bucks for the first prize. It's not even a million bucks. It, it, and it's probably not even, but, but
1: I'm saying like you're, again,
2: but you just mentioned it, but then the field strength goes with that. So I, I would have no problem rolling him out here.
1: Like I would get using him at potentially like the US Open when the first prize is like 2.7 million. Yeah. Like then it might be worth it. But again, you still have to go up against all of the best players in the world. He is facing zero of the best players in the world here. Like legitimately Gary Woodland with answer hurt is the second best player in this field.
2: Yeah, and I still won't go away from the fact that how good Rom is. I just I don't, like people are looking at lately and all this the finite stuff of this hasn't been clicking. This hasn't well. Also, uh, think about Victor Hovland. He won what Puerto Rico Open, Paspalum. He's got the worst. He literally said after I suck at chipping, he still was rolling him up there and making putts and doing everything. So. Fee now
1: also fee now
2: same thing. Yeah, like I, I don't see how this is that bad for Rom. And then the second one after you know the the tweet that I put out with that uh, model maniac. His name's Byron. He over at Rotoball. He had a great little write-up on there that was incredible and stating that this may be a putting contest because we remember after the Amex how Rom dropping f bombs and everything how bad these putting contests are said it may be a better putting contest for him because there's more shots from the longer range that he's better at that puts more shots to ten feet which is where his his range is ten to fifteen feet so we might see better putting out of Rom here as well.
1: Uh, ten to fifteen feet. You want to say guys that were good at the Anvil Farms or? Potomac next week. we like Ricky. Sung Kang has two top fives at that course in the two times they ever played. He's number one in putting from 10 to 15 feet right now.
2: Wait and see our betting card next week. But, yeah, we'll see all these numbers in the morning. I'm Sung, not going to
1: be here next week to do the show. Oh, that's right. Yeah. This show, at least. I'll do the show with Jeff. Maybe, maybe come in Tuesday or Monday night, we'll do the DraftKings show. Yeah, we'll do together. a show. We'll do a show. Um, Sung, Sung Kang this
2: week, maybe not. Maybe we'll see. Kang!
1: For, we'll do it for next week. Davis so, Riley is also top ten. Your boy, Kevin Twain, number nine over the past 50 rounds. Yeah. No, no, we
2: no. like we like Tway this week. Dad's dad's pick.
1: <laughs> Where are you two on Raimi and Long? In on Long, out on Raimi. Uh he also mentioned Todd. I'm in on Todd. I'm not in on the other. I might end up getting to Davis Riley.
2: I'm I'm in on Todd with you. I just said I prefer Knox and Streelman, but you liked Streelman at the same time. I'm gonna play those three for sure because I'm most likely not gonna play any Woodland this week, so
1: any love for Bill Haas? He's made seven straight cuts. No. Nah, me neither. Is Sanderson Farms a comp course? Thoughts on Mullenix at 225-1? to 1. John had mentioned that on my show yesterday. I didn't really see it, but he kind of made a good point about the lack of rough. You yeah. kind of bomb away wherever you want. Obviously, Champ has played really well there. I can see it. I don't know if i bet Mullenix. I mean, listen, I bet Paul BarJean, Martin Trainers. But I'm, I I'm not going to gonna tell you that Trey Mullenix is a bad bet.
2: I thought you went on a run of guys you mentioned at Sanderson. And, I, and all the guys you said, not all, but like C.T. Pan was in. There was a few others. I just listened to it, and I remember... Uh, a lot of the guys you mentioned from that Sanderson Farms event, you know, or good history, were guys that I kind of like for this week. And it doesn't say it's a comp. It's just like you talk about all the time or when we talk with Raza about these skill set lineups or guys that seem to show up w- and play well at the same places. Those That list was actually pretty solid compared to what I like for this week. Poston or Duncan?
1: I would play Poston.
2: Poston for me, yeah.
1: Who is the lowest player you could play? Now I don't know if you're talking about salary or general lowness, because Grayson Murray would be like generally the lowest person in this field. But Martin Trainer is the cheapest player that I'm playing on DraftKings. I
2: think uh, for me it's Worenski at 6,400.
1: Well, Trainer is also. You should play a Trainer.
2: Let me talk you into Trainer. <laughs> I, if any, if I was playing Trainer, I would. Uh, any 6,300? I would. I would bet the first round leader, and I would bet the. Top forty and like slam it.
1: Why don't you just do the uh, the the whole yeah. everything just across the board? Just just pyramid your way down. Outright winner, top five, top ten, we'll top do the, twenty. A progressive parlay, if we will,
2: for, for him. And I'll uh, join you on the family trip. That'd be great. We'll, we'll
1: get it going here with the with the Martin Trainer money. What about Ram and Fina together with two six K guys? Yes, I like that a lot. That's I don't like the, it. a lot. A lot of my lineups kind of look like that.
2: Yeah, I like it. From the at least you're doing something to get different. I don't think it's good. I think well, you can I play think, Martin Trainer in that lineup, no problem. And I, Paul Balchow. I think you end up needing those two to just be like 1-2 at that point almost and like battling as well as then the rest to go, a lot, a lot of things to go right with your 6K guys. I think it's bad.
1: Away from Champ? Respect that, but people are using because they know him from driving distance. That's great. What's and that th- matters this week. But other than driving distance, what other way he's a good or bad play? That's like almost a question kind of they tried um I'm not using champ yeah, I'm not using I,
2: I have champ as like a horrible play but again I get why people are doing it for the bomber angle I to use put him at in the masters your bomber plays yeah I don't, I don't like some of the narrative around this guy this week is again it's the bomber narrative sure but then it's like oh and the masters well he shows up with the masters every year and then it's like they go further with it where oh and every time that he has a top ten before he wins the next that week. he does well the next week like I mean, it's not true that act when you go and look at his like
1: game oh, log, oh, sorry, yes when you go and look at his game log before he wins he does have like he just shows up somewhere, plays like, all right, and then he wins. Yes. And then he goes away for three months. That's what I was going to say. It might be true when
2: you go look at Fantasy National and <laughs> see it's happened a couple times or three times or whatever, but is it true that that's going to happen every time? No, it's just, a, to me, it's a bad narrative.
1: So Yeah, it's, it's tough, and I don't want to play a chalky Cameron Champ. Yeah. And I would consider anything over 10% chalky for Cameron. I, I think game.
2: he's a bad play if he was 10%. That's what i said. And say. I think
1: he's going to be probably more than that. Like, I think I th- he's more, but even if he
2: was, I'm saying I still
1: think he's a bad play. I think that he's a good 2% play. Yeah. Always. Because he has that potential. We've I think seen... he's a good
2: play when he's 7K and you're like, this could be a field that he just pops out at, at Sanderson Farms and goes out to win. And that's where you do it. I don't think you do it when he's $9,400.
1: Thoughts on duh points?
2: No, zero thoughts. He didn't didn't even field. know he was in this field. He's
1: in the field. He's won the Puerto Rico Open in the past. He beat Bryson. Oh. Uh Pat love the show. <laughs> I why. love you, Jay Lizzy. What do you guys think about Lipsky and Streb? I didn't even realize Streb hurt my feelings so badly last week.
2: Yeah, I wouldn't let that. Uh, Streb
1: is playing. He's only $7,000. Uh,
2: I've got him in the pool and I think I've got Lipsky. Uh, yeah, I got both of them in the pool. 7,700 having... for Lipsky.
1: You're having a lipper?
2: Yeah, uh, he was he was actually uh, decent. Him and Rye last week, but uh, you know the team event, I don't care too much about either. I'm just I, I think Lipsky's a good skill set, and at 7,700, it's a fair price.
1: I keep coming across Scott Gachowski in the yeah. models that I'm running because he bombs it. I think he's real old too. Other than the models, please give me any good reason why I should play this clown in any of my lineups. I almost did it at Tory Pines earlier this year because I saw the same things. But you have to look at where he's doing this as well, yeah, and what tournaments they're counting for this. Because you can put up some decent numbers, like even guys this week. You're gonna see a few guys pop and approach or driving, but it's all relative to the field that they're playing in. Oh, for sure. And that's what we talked about like almost
2: like those buckets earlier of stats. It's almost the same when we're talking about strength of fields or how people want to line that up. But uh, PGA tout John, who you just had on your show did have him written up as one of his five value plays. And I featured it in the thread today as well. And it, it actually was a good sales pitch. So, uh, at 6,500, I'll have him, him in there with Tway. And I, I've only got like 35 guys this week. So I'm giving a bunch of them away.
1: That's you I, saying, I, I got 20 guys for 50 lineups.
2: Yeah. I'm fine with mixing a few more. And these, again, the, the weaker the field strength is and the more I'm going on a guy, which I'm going heavy on Rom, the more I'm willing to go out from 25 or 30 to 35 or 40 because I'm just mixing around the same dudes. We need Rom to have a good week for me.
1: Yeah. And like, I mean, Rick talks about the cascading effect of building lineups yeah. where you want to identify your core guys and then keep them at the top of the pyramid where you have them in like 35, 40, 45, 50% yeah. of your lineups. And the more you go down, you can really spread it out. I don't, I mean, it's not that I don't subscribe to that theory; it's just I'm too lazy to put it into practice. But like, yeah, you might be putting it into practice without knowing it, though, because you play a tighter pool. Yeah, for the that, most but part. that's the thing; I play a tighter pool, so mine kind of looks like this. It's not really a pyramid; it's more of just you know, yeah. Going what down. you don't
2: know with yours, different to the Cascading, because I love that uh, original theory from Rick that he brought out is that he's definitely making sure that his four highest owned or, or sorry, six highest owned his core are in groups of four going throughout. Whereas you may have all these guys at equal, pretty fair ownership because you're playing. Some such a small pool, but do you know if they're really circulating together as often as his lineups are?
1: Correct. The lowest percentage play that I have this week is Patrick Flavin, who I'm playing in twenty percent of my lineups.
2: Yeah, I'm not there yet because I don't <laughs> build till Wednesday night. But
1: uh, like, but that's the first run. I can. I, I haven't submitted these lineups. Yeah, like the, lineups for, yet. for
2: me, looking at it, like the uh, like Roger Sloan, Tway. But Some you would play guys, them at like
1: 5 8%, but you're also playing 150, aren't you?
2: Yeah, they'll, they'll mostly be 10% or above, give or take, depending on how it shakes out. This week, like I said, a little bit different just because ROM will be so high-owned, but it might be 7% or 8%. But that, again, people sometimes forget, like 8% on
1: 150 is a lot more lineups than most are playing their entire pool. When evaluating a player this week, which of these three factors matters the most, Puerto Rico performance, Zurich classic performance, or most recent tournament-played performance?
2: None. None, yeah. Yeah. I mean, What well, I mean, matters most this week is game theory. I mean, People I, I am
1: considering Puerto Rico for some sleepers and just to see if they had played well there. I would yeah. Listen, I prefer guys that played better last week than didn't play well, but it's not a determining factor for me. I
2: always want, yeah. I guess if you're going to say I have recent to pick one, recent form is what I want, you know? And, and Zurich Classic is not necessarily the way. I know some sites and guys out there do have the numbers for what guys did and who sort of carried the weight, if I mean, you I will. I got them.
1: I just made them up, though.
2: Yeah, just, but I'm saying you, you can get that, but even then I'm saying it's not, to me, it's not the same as what you would Require here exactly so I don't care that much but um, for the most part recent form is what I'm going to care about most
1: Smotherman or Clark Uh, for me uh, Smotherman I like Clark better Smotherman or Griffin Lonto Griffin I lied
2: Clark first but now Griffin over Clark
1: okay so Griffin or Mark Hubba Hubbard
2: Mm, Griffin
1: okay I like Griffin the least of that what what do you think Griffin's ownership is going to be 13% I think he's gonna be the highest owner of the eights
2: yeah, so it's it's pretty close. I mean, I still like Hubbard here, even with his ownership being similar. He's cheaper, uh, that, he scores, he that's can make those one thing,
1: After searching around the industry a little bit, it seems like people who use Fantasy National are using Mark Hubbard at a much higher rate than anywhere else. And I think yeah. that's impacting his ownership on Fantasy National. He's definitely a favorite.
2: Like uh, He's like uh, Adam Svensson or like some of those guys. Well, he, he, like he rates
1: a, out really well. Like whenever yeah. you run... And, like, because people generally tend to pick the same sort of stats that they look Mm -hmm. at every single week. He does really well with those. People know that he's a good putter. He also we, fits a lot of construction at eight k. He's not quite. I young. also talk about him all the time. His brother comes on the show. Like he's a yeah. favorite of the community.
2: What's his name? Nathan. Nathan. Yeah, he's always He's always around. He has the best. You should follow him on Twitter too because he always puts out like what's going on in situations where we don't get as much information. So very solid. Yeah, he's like
1: the former like CTO of Ticketmaster too. Oh, like nice. he's just he's basically covering his brother on the PGA tour as a hobby at this point. It's nice. He's, guy's too rich. <laughs> you guys play Prize Picks? Yes. Looks like most people birdies are better for round one is four or four and a half and the over under strokes is around 69 for most players now you can go all in and go with the over four and four and a half if you wanted to or under the 69 presuming this play is easy but we don't know this is going to play easy I assume it's going I to I would life. presume it's going to,
2: and I would always take those over birdies personally i don't know if it's right or wrong, but I love it because they can mess up and make mistakes on other holes it's almost like how drafting soaring works they can you want the guys that make birdie par bogey, birdie birdie par like you don't want just nine pars same thing there they can make mistakes, but those will really hurt their strokes in the end, but as long as they hit me those four birdies, I can push four and a half win so Five if it's four and a half. So, same right. thing.
1: so do we want to... Pat has a lot of money on PrizePix right now. Do we okay. want to waste some of Pat's money?
2: Yeah, I think we should.
1: Help Pat recoup his money by going to prizepix.com using code MMN as a first-time depositor. <laughs> they will match your deposit of up to 100 bucks. Who doesn't want just a free hundred bucks, Tambo? Uh, That's right. You can just go play. We can go put down the hundred bucks right now. We'll play two of these guys. We'll turn that into 300 bucks and you're off to the races. And then you can go buy Run the Sims, play USFL prize picks, make even more money. I mean, why do you hate money? Code MMN at prizepicks.com for that match deposit. The, up. the
2: best part about that speech was that you said, why, why do you hate money? The USFL part is why you love money and how you're making money by just pressing a button, <laughs> going and being with your family and coming back and seeing more money. Now you're going to go put it in on these over four and a halves and give back some of that money, I think. But we'll, we'll try it out. Who do you like here?
1: So Rom, Finau, Wise, Answer are all at four and a half. Nah, Woodland, Reed, and Knox are all at four. I think I would go with... I know Woodland's at four and a half, so we gotta
2: go contrarian here.
1: I don't think you need to go contrarian. I think nah over four is good. I think I was gonna say nah. The guys I like are Nah, Knox,
2: and Reed. Reed's gonna make four birdies. He's the perfect guy for this example. He's gonna make four birdies, very likely. It's either gonna tilt the shit out of other people who didn't play him all week on DraftKings, or he's gonna give them all back down the stretch somewhere along the way, and it doesn't matter. But he's not gonna hit his round number.
1: Yeah, the birdies aren't necessarily the problem. Right? It's the triple bogeys. That he's come he's, along he's with definitely
2: it. long enough. He's got a good enough short game to find some birdies throughout this these places. But I think most people here are clicking Romfina Rom wise. Like they're, they're just going right to the top. I actually dogs. like Fina. Yeah, Finau's fine too, but non-Finau. Finau's my favorite four and a half. Non-Knox, nah, I would lock in. I like. Those I, I like
1: non. Nah, I, I just I, apparently like I hate Knox compared to everyone I don't know else. Why you Earth. hate Knox? I, I, I give me, he once cashed me a nice forty to one at the Travelers. He's like yeah. one of two wins in his. And career. you said we haven't been winning bets lately,
2: so this is how you get back on the winning bets train. Maybe it's Russell Knox to nah, to saddle know. up with. You don't got to bet him this week, but you can bet him over four birdies.
1: So. What, what do you think about the opening round over under? So sixty-eight and a half for John Rom. This is a par seventy-one.
2: Yeah, I don't know if there's another way to take advantage of it. That's how you want to do it. Matt, so like that was the thing. People were asking all week, like earlier we got the question, what about what number would he need to be at to bet him? Like, who cares? We're not going to get it. So <laughs> the way to bet him is matchups, prize picks, or go crazy with him on DraftKings, and this would be the way to do it. So under 68 and a half, I mean – so, smash
1: it so over four birdies are better for nah over four and a half for fee now under 68 and a half for Rom. does that sound all right yep I like all that I'll use the the I mean code mmn at prize picks uh the match deposit is a hundred dollars so let's put a hundred dollars on this 100 to win fights 5x to win 500 yeah place entry Hit boom <laughs> done done
2: Screenshot it for the newsletter.
1: I will tonight. screenshot it for the now. Yeah. Now you're thinking. I'll put, I'll put your tidbits in there. We're catching again up. Too. It's
2: working. Yeah, appreciate that. So we're good.
1: Is that working out? Yeah, it's working out. Excellent. Yeah. So there we go. There's our Prize Pick segment of the week. Done. Uh, is Callum Terran, the at 161 the best bet of the last five years? I certainly hope so. <laughs> what? Because I have it, so, so I want to be win it.
2: one of my favorite questions ever asked on this show. The best bet of the last five years. I thought they were gonna, just going to say of the week and I was going to laugh. And then they added of the last five years? Oh, wow. I'm in. Okay,
1: done. Taron or lower? Obviously, I'm going with Taron. Taron. Seifert, Haas, or Glee Glick? We'll Seifert. Seifert no is my 6k guy this week so, shockingly that's not a question no one gives a shit what you're taking <laughs> pal Ban for life Does this field is so weak is leaving a thousand or even fifteen hundred dollars of salary too much i don't think so
2: not at all i like think that
1: that would get you contrarian enough because that's the whole thing about the ownership gravitating towards the top woodland and above is unless you're doing that you're gonna have to use those guys
2: Yeah, I agree. And I talked about this earlier. It's one of my favorite ways to get unique is just a sense of like, find your best ROM lineup, take ROM out and play Woodland or play. Again, I know that's ownership for ownership. My point is you also be unique because of that, but you can go to whoever you like, Kirk, Wise, Champ, Todd, do whatever you want. And all what you're saying is then is just, they have to beat ROM. And that's how you can be different and, and still get there and play all the same other plays.
1: Would you gamble? At all on some of the 6K zero for zero appearance Mexican guys. I would not. No. No. Where's the timestamp for weather this week? The show isn't fucking over yet. <laughs> Fuck is wrong with you. Banned for life. <laughs> <laughs> right, that is a question. So unbanned. You said, yeah, life. but it's no bad
2: questions. That was a bad question. That is a very bad. So question. So sometimes you can ask questions, but if they're bad, you can still get banned.
1: We just won't take any more questions from that guy all right, for the rest of the show.
2: Or or the next five years.
1: Yes. (laughs) Worst band of the past five years. Yes. Is Adam Long the best player of the week? He recently sold and refurbished his... (laughs)
2: What? Go please finish the sentence. He recently sold and refurbished... Can we say it?
1: Go ahead. I don't have it in front of me. You got to read it. Oh, recently sold his refurbished Sibian business in St. Louis (laughs) and is now solely focused on analyzing the curvature of the dance floor. Putting can only improve. That's a very good question
2: These are the new best questions Like today's yeah, This guy's crushing that it right took now. out the last five years guy And if it's the same guy It's the then same guy Hire him It's the same guy Yeah who is this? G- give them a shout out What's his Long
1: name? bags
2: <laughs> That was a great question
1: We keep bringing his name up Do you have Are you playing Patrick Reed? Am I playing Patrick Reed? I would play Reed over answer I don't know if I'm going to play him, but I would definitely play him over answer. No,
2: I'm not playing Patrick Reed.
1: Okay. Long shot, but any idea what happened to Sebastian Munoz's caddy, Theo Gomez, disappeared from social media and isn't on Munoz's bag anymore? I can assure you I have no idea. <laughs> Jesus. I hope he's okay. <laughs> I seriously do hope he's
2: okay. I thought it was going to be something about, like, Flex Seal they are going to bring up or, or go there. But, yeah, I have no idea what happened to Munoz's old caddy. <laughs>
1: Used nasty Nate at the Heritage and got burned, but he did have good finishes at both Puerto Rico and Corrales. Any love for him? He made the shortlist. He didn't make the lineup, so. He didn't make it for me, no. Uh, what do you think of the Sig man? You, you seem like, I like you a, liked him.
2: Yeah, he's uh, I, I, just a guy that I'm going to take a shot on down there. He's 7,300, and if you look at the other guys around him, there's not much difference between many of them. So, like like I said, I, in there, I like post. Like, for example, they just brought up Lashley. I'll just play Sig. Sig, Poston, Smalley. Uh, Hickok, I think. And then uh, a lot of people are playing Tyler Duncan right below. And I think Sig is
1: basically the same thing. Yeah. Just play Kirk Hitiyama. That's a move. That's a guy you want to play. You love this guy. I do love him.
2: He's the best. Yeah. He'd, he'd have to be like, uh, I don't know. Is he better than Bramlett? Well, Bramlett's going to be owned though, is the thing. He will, he will be more owned, for oh, sure. He's going to be just, triple the ownership I'm just curious if you think he's as good as Bramlett. I think he's better than Bramlett. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. That, this that's the, where, I, this that's where I think Kiyama becomes a better play. If you think he's as good
1: as the guys in the range with him, then he's definitely good because he's lower owned. Thoughts on Pat Perez, T30 or better? These greens are Pat Perez's jam. Yeah.
2: Pat Perez, plenty of power, putting, paspalum putting
1: prowess. A lot of popping lot in those. A lot of P's, on these a lot of
2: alliteration, but I don't know if uh I can do it. No, I thought at the start of the week, cause like resort courses, Perez, that sort of thing, but like He's not the same guy. He, yeah, He's, like, he just forty five or something. And uh, like the problem with him, what I noticed too is like he'll get you the T forty, you'll make the cut, you'll be all happy about that. He'll have like one good round in there, but then it's like he doesn't even really outscore his finishing position enough for like a T forty five. He needs to come like T thirty, T twenty and score with it.
1: Can I talk you into Justin lower? I assume that's not how it's pronounced but that's how I'm pronouncing it 6800 in first hole in first hole Honda field in approach okay cuts made at all coastal courses played well with woo last week I mean it's a pretty compelling case I love I'm how they uh, they made
2: sure that you wouldn't get, they wouldn't get banned. Can I talk you into this person now? Let me tell you about my play. But yeah, I, I don't hate it. It's uh, he's not going to make my pool. But uh, yeah, they were okay last week. If you want to play it off of that factor,
1: is GMAC live at this course? Because these are his types of courses.
2: Yeah, this is uh, the conversation we always have, right? GMAC on coastal courses not live for me. Okay, but you can just play Yama, same
1: price. I was told. Can you settle a bet with my friend? Yes. Okay. What would Prime? Let's say two thousand. Tiger Woods cost on DK every week. I'm gonna say it's fifteen thousand. I'm gonna say they're terrible. I love DraftKings. They're very supportive of me, and I have nothing bad
2: to say. But I think they're bad at pricing the odds out for the top price golfers. So they probably would never put them over twelve five.
1: It's I like think, what they do. It's I, like, I, I think that they would because he would like he was like minus money to win some of these. That's
2: matches. what I don't understand though. Like when Rom was plus three hundred, he still gets to like what twelve two the first time, and now this time he's 11, three Mind you, odds changed when Berger got dropped out. But I think still. it's different.
1: I, I think just being Tiger Woods makes a difference.
2: Yeah. I don't know. They. I was once told that uh, Tiger didn't move the needle as well, which is not true. So <laughs> I don't <laughs> well, believe that guy works for DraftKings anymore. Yeah, might be correct. Yeah, Rom. I mean Tiger here. Uh, you know, he'd be. What minus one eighty to win the tournament? Minus no, 200? no. Prime <laughs>
1: Tiger in this tournament would legit be like minus three hundred.
2: Yeah, minus two, minus three hundred. So yeah, he should be like 12-9 I would say that 13, he probably, five. Like they'll put him at something where it's still you can build lineups so That's the other thing is like they try. Remember two they going used, back. They, they used, used to, to a, have like the five thousand dollar range. Yeah. That's where things change. So that does make a little bit of a difference. It's always
1: fun looking back at the very first Masters Millionaire Maker. Because always forget about that because Na and Hoffman were both in there at sixty two hundred. Yeah. But the guys were like fifty four hundred and stuff like that. Yeah. The only time they do that now is for tour championship i think
2: uh yeah you might be right actually because they do have it for that format they should have guys that are zero dollars (laughs) yeah they really should some of these
1: guys they they should set it up like showdown where like football showdown where there's like absolute scrubs that are zero dollars any any
2: of the scrubs that it should be it's like a game theory thing though they should make them like 500 bucks. Yeah, or make him a thousand. And then you can start to decide, like, yeah, make him a thousand. Is, is, it,
1: is it worth it to go Finau, Woodland, Rum and use that I would guy? love
2: that, actually. I wish there was a format for that. Like, because then you could take your shots I think on the it, guys that we want to. I, I actually think it's
1: different because guys are guaranteed 36 holes, no matter how bad they are. Guys in football are not guaranteed to see the field at $100 kind of thing. So, yeah. I think it actually would be worth it potentially to do it that way. I mean, it probably wouldn't be worth it because you'd still need them to make the cut. Yeah, you again. We'd be able to the bet. The reason I want it is because I'd be able to figure it out, and I'd be and people would just go to the
2: same. like, "Holy shit! It sounds like we should be playing a thousand dollar guy this week. This is the guy, and there there'd be so much congested ownership that you could take advantage of it." But uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to do that anytime soon. When was the
1: last time you hit an outright? Me? Yeah. Uh, whew, it was
2: wasn't that far ago. Like I think it was um, six weeks ago or so. Hmm? I'm trying to think who it was. I never remember who I hit when I hit, but uh, we talked about it on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast because I was excited about it. Just, Sheffler?
1: I mean, just, he won four times. Yeah, that would be the easy one to I mean, he's of. the one who's killing all of us, by the way. He's gutting everyone in the betting community because no one's betting on him. He keeps winning.
2: Yeah, because it's hard to bet on him, especially when they change the odds now. Like, um, you know, you're not going to get a great number.
1: Uh, what two outrights do you think will be there late on Sunday? I'm really crossing my fingers that it's Woodland and Fino. <laughs>
2: yeah, if Rom's not up a touchdown, then, you know, that'll probably be it. Or it'll end up being those guys behind him and you need to uh, somehow get lucky and catch up. Tringali ownership? I'm going to say 15%.
1: I'm going to say lower. Kirk or Munoz? Um, Neither for me. M- Munoz if I was picking, yeah. All right. That's it. We're out of questions. It's the Mexico Open. Yeah, that's what it is. Thanks for being in the studio. Maybe come in, uh, either, like I said, Monday afternoon. I guess Monday afternoon the pricing might not be. Maybe Tuesday morning if that's available for you. Yeah. We'll we can do that. Out. We can do the Quail Hollow DraftKings Pick Show. Quail Hollow. We'll, not Quail Hollow. Uh, T- your favorite
2: place, TPC T- T- Potomac, Potomac, Avenal Farms. Yeah. yeah, The Kyle
1: Stanley Open. You're
2: excited for this one. Yeah, Molinari
1: and Kyle Stanley won there. So you don't need to bomb it in order to win, but you need to be a short hitter who's really good with off-the-tee stats. Because both those guys, I mean, that was the middle of Molinari's run yeah. when he won the Open, I believe. Maybe it was the year before.
2: I think it was but, the run, it, or it might have been the year before, but it was definitely, uh, you know, like you said, a spot that, you, I think it's good. Well, my question for is, do you think next week will be, uh, people be back and be excited? Because the tournaments have still all been great to play on DraftKings, and, you know, it betting been, numbers are the same numbers you can bet on. Like it's, oh, man,
1: listen, I see it in the... Uh, are people still taking a break until the PGA Championship, or are they excited they might, next week because it's Wells Fargo? It's still a good tournament. We got Bunny Ranch next, or the week after that, so people will take that off. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing in the numbers the download numbers, the video view numbers—they're just down, right? Oh, of course, yeah. Like I, I I can barely pay attention to (laughs) these things, and I'm supposed to be up here talking about it for three shows a week. Yeah, I I like these events. Like I said, I think that's something that uh, goes a little bit overlooked. It's just a
2: better opportunity to get you know feel for what the tournament's doing and be able to get around it.
1: Chris Kirk might win next week. Okay, he's one of those short, good accuracy players that still gains a bunch of bunch of strokes off the tee, like Connors. I think Connors is probably in the driver's seat because he is the ultimate answer. Would be too, mm-hmm. but I don't know where his health is at. We'll so, find out. Though. Like the Stanley and Molinari mode of like average length, super accuracy, rank really high in T degree or in a, off the tee. Those are the type of guys that I would probably want. Like Ryan Armour currently ranks 14th in this field in strokes gained off the tee over the past 50 rounds. He was runner up last time he was there.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't. mind him at all. We'll we'll see with answer, though. He's playing this week, so we'll get a, a we'll good have feel a better for, idea yeah. for we'll what he's a up to, fucking right? And, 10 or something. What what's his ownership going to be this week? We didn't talk much about him up top.
1: I, like I said. I, I don't know. Like Tim or Nah that it, are going to be. It could be five percent. It could be fifteen percent. I really don't have a good feel for it. Okay. Yeah. Uh, newsletter will have everything in it tonight. My projections for ownership, my betting cheat sheet, uh, Tambo's tidbits. The link will be in there for all of that, uh, plus the prize picks that I just played. So you can go use code MMN at Prize Picks and get that deposit match of up to a hundred bucks. And I get money if you sign up. So help the show, okay? Thanks for playing. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time.